All right, hello. Welcome to Faith Points Podcast. This is Corey Blaze with Point of Faith Ministries. So I want to start off by apologizing for my raspy voice. Um, Last week, I caught a bad case of laryngitis due to a sinus infection. I feel fine. My voice sounds like it's not so good, but we're going to get through this podcast just fine. So tonight, what I wanted to look at was, have you ever been in a situation where you're just you know something's a sin in your life or you know there's something you're trying to overcome and, and it's tough to overcome that. And and you're praying, you're still making it a matter of prayer, but there's some habits in our lives that that are difficult to break. And we have this tendency of beating ourselves up with that. Um, there's been stuff throughout my life where I've been in that situation where there's there's this tendency to beat myself up. And that's not what the Bible calls us to do at all. Okay. The Bible actually calls us to live in victory, um, personal victory. So this idea of depression, this idea of being downcast all the time, that is not biblical. And that is not what we should be doing as Christian believers. So this, what I'm hoping on this one here is I'm titling this, this podcast episode as a work in progress, because we all are a work in progress. So with that being said, tonight, what I'm looking at, is we're going to be looking in the book of Titus, the New Testament book of Titus. So in Titus, let me stop my music here. In Titus, it's a really neat book. It's only three chapters long and none of the chapters are very long at all. So if you've not read that book in a while, I, I want to um, encourage you to actually read that book because it's it's a short book and it pours into your life in a really good way. So in Titus, specifically in chapter two. So in chapter two, I'm going to be looking starting at verse 11. So looking at verse 11. So chapter two, verse 11, Titus two, verse 11, and I'm reading from the NLT tonight, but I also have the ESV and the Passion Translation um, at either side of me right now. So I'll be looking at all three. So Titus two, 11, for the grace of God has revealed, has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. That's a key word there, salvation. And we are instructed to turn from godless active, godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with the hope or with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin and cleanse us and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have authority to correct them when necessary. So don't let anyone discard what you say. But the key verse here that I want to look at is verse 13 and 14. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us. And to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. So there's something else. Before I dive into my own personal, my own take on this, I want to read you the other two versions I have here also. So that was from the NLT. Here's that same passage from the ESV. And again, I'm looking at verses 11 through 15 in Titus chapter 2. So here it is in the ESV. 
For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. But again, the key verses here, verses um, 13 and 14. Waiting on our blessed hope, the appearance of, appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So, again, one more translation that I want to read before I dive into what I wanted to talk about, because I want you to hear it from three different translations of the Bible. This one here is the Passion Translation. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everyone. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles and equip us, I'm sorry, and it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. For we continue to wait for the fulfillment of our hope in the dawning splendor of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus, the Anointed One. He sacrificed himself for us that we might purchase, I'm sorry, that he might purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people who are his very own passion, passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. So preach these truths and exhort others to follow them. Be willing to expose sin in order to bring correction with full authority without being intimidated by anyone. So, with this here, there's another passage I want to read too, but before I dive into it, let me let me kind of break this one down. And I really like breaking this down from the ESV. It's, I love reading the NLT. It's one of my favorites to read right now. Um, I'll be receiving a gift of an Amplified Bible very soon. Somebody uh, had told me she's, that, that I'm, I'll be getting a gift from that, and um, I'm looking forward to that. But this ESV... So it says, first of all, in verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. So that grace, that unmerited favor, that grace, okay, where God expresses us grace, he gives us grace. That's, that's a very important thing. Okay, we can't live without it. So the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and god godly lives in the present age so what is training us who is training us is it god is it god the father yes is it the is it jesus himself yes is it the holy spirit yes why do i say all three because all three are co-equal co-eternal the Holy Spirit works in us to train us. That's this grace at work in our lives. So the next time you're beating yourself up saying, I just can't get over this sin. I don't know how to shake it from my life. Realize what this passage says. Okay. Again, from the ESV. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce. What's training us? God's grace is training us. The Holy Spirit himself is training us. He teaches us. 
to renounce all ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. So, recently, um, at that my church, my home church had a revival, and part of this revival team that came, this um, ministry team that came, included a man named Chris McGahan out of Oklahoma City. Now, Brother Chris does some awesome things. He is a glass blower, and he's able to make some really beautiful artwork with glass. And one of the his signature pieces, if you will, is called a. Uh, Pardon me, I'm not Italian. I can't pronounce it right. And I even can't even get the Oklahoman pronunciation on this right. I think it's called a Redento Raffinato. There is a video on YouTube about that, and I encourage you to watch that video. It's um and I might put I might look up that video and put it in the um for those that are on my Facebook live feed, I might put that in the comments after after the video posts. But anyways, what Chris highlights in this is what he does with this Redento Raffinato or Raffinato, I can't pronounce it. It means redeemed elegance. So he's taking these broken pieces of glass and he's using the broken pieces, the discarded pieces of glass to make something absolutely beautiful out of it. And, and it's breathtaking, the, the, the artwork. I mean, had I not seen it from my own eyes, I wouldn't have grown as much of an appreciation as I have now. But the neat thing with this is he's taking these broken things and forming something beautiful out of it. But while he's doing that, the glass is heating from the inside out. The real work is happening on the inside and it is starting to display on the outside. And that is so much like our own lives. When we're worried about trying to live this perfect life, listen, you're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. We should aim for perfection. We should aim for holiness. But we're never going to be perfect this side of heaven. And even on the other side of heaven, we're still going to be tempted because in that thousand years, um, you know, the, the, after a thousand years, looking at the book of Revelation and looking at biblical prophecy, Satan's going to be loosed again. We're going to be tempted again. I believe we'll be pure enough to where we're going to stand up to that temptation. But still, we're not perfect right now. So we're not going to be perfect. We have to aim for perfection. But still, it's not something to beat ourselves up on. Okay. It is something that where if you realize you sin, you do what you first did when you first came to the Lord. You confess your sins. Because again, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. That salvation, that includes forgiveness of sins. That includes deliverance from all of our worldly stuff. And I'll expound on that in just a minute. But the Holy Spirit himself is training us to renounce ungodliness. So that change that happens in our lives, it is working. That change is working in our lives. The Holy Spirit is changing our lives from the inside out. So there's nothing we need to be beating ourselves up over. If anything, we need to be sensitive to him. And we need to ask, is there some things in my life or are there some things in my life that I'm not being pleasing to you about? And when the Holy Spirit brings that to light, you confess it, you ask for forgiveness and you make an effort to turn from it. That's what a repentance is all about, is changing your mind, changing your actions, making a complete course of action change. So, Moving on here in, in verse 13, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the Lord, um, I'm sorry, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in verse 14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness. See, this is further proof that, that, that the word salvation or the word saved, when we're saved, it's not just a get out of, get out of hell free card. 
Okay. It's not just for eternal life. That is beautiful. And if that's all it was, that would still be beautiful, but it's more than just eternal life. Part of our salvation includes this life change that happens from the inside out. When the Bible says Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. These good works, this desire for good works is part of the result of the life change we have that happens inside of us and starts displaying outward. But the outward displays are just surface unless there's real heart change in here. And this is where the change really happens. It's inside. It's in our own hearts. So, let me pick apart the NLT here real quick to see if it said something slightly different. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from all God, from godless living. So we're instructed. The Holy Spirit instructs us. The word of God instructs us. Our pastors, our teachers, um, sometimes life has a way of instructing us. So when we're getting the Lord's instruction through various channels, it's important to heed that. in verse 14, again, on this one, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin and to cleanse us or to cleanse us and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. So he gave his life for us to cleanse us, to, to free us. And that freedom is all part of our salvation we have. Now, the other part I wanted to do is go into Titus chapter three, starting at verse three. Titus 3, 3. And this is the passage that really hit home with me. Says, cause, um, and there's a couple directions I'm going on this. We are a work in progress. And as Christians, what we ought to be doing is sharing our testimony with others. Talking about, and all that is, all that is, is picture being in a courtroom. Okay. When you go to court, you're called as a witness. That's what a Christian is. It's a We're supposed to witness. Okay. What does a witness do in court? The lawyers will ask you questions. And you'd answer the questions based on what you've seen, but based on what you know. And that's what a witness is. That's what your testimony is. You're telling what you see, what you know. So this passage here kind of enlightens us to this. Um, verse three, and I'm reading from the NLT this time. Once we were, once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy. We hated each other. But when our God and Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. That new life is not due to our own works. Right there, it's crystal clear. In verse 5, the very end of verse 5 in the NLT, that new life through the Holy Spirit. And that's grace at work right there. Okay. That life change happens through the Holy Spirit working in us. And we have to yield to that, but this still. Verse 6. <clears throat> he generously poured out his spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who Trusting God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. So that was from the NLT. Excuse me. <clears throat> that was from the NLT. Here's what the ESV says on this, starting in verse 3. 
For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus, through Christ Jesus, I'm sorry, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So, what this does is these, these verses, this short passage gives us a picture. If you want to talk about your life in Christ, here's an easy way to go. This kind of, I like when I'm writing stuff, I love following an outline. So what I'm going to get, and I teach my, my speech students at the college, I teach them to, to use an outline to organize their thoughts. They don't have to read from it during their speeches, but I do want them submitting a formal outline. So this kind of gives us a blueprint, an outline, if you will. Okay. So when you're sharing your testimony, what was your life like before Christ? My life was this way. And here's what the Bible says about this. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But verse four begins with that three letter, that three letter word, but, and, um, <laughs> I had an old time preacher one time. And he had this Southern Florida accent and he's like, oh, thank God for the good butts in the Bible. And that's what he meant. The B-U-T's in the Bible. Okay. The, the clauses, the sentence clauses. He's like, um, anyways, but when the goodness of loving God or loving goodness and loving kindness of God, our savior appeared, he saved us. That word saved means think of three words when you hear saved. It means saved. Okay. Salvation. It means saved, um, your eternal security is in hand. So eternal, eternally saved. Okay. But also think healed. Also think deliverance. And then I want you to add another word in there, victory, because if you're healed, delivered, and you're eternally, you've got an eternal destiny due to an ongoing relationship, not this one time you, one time prayer you prayed and you forgot about it years later, um, an ongoing relationship, then you're in victory. You're walking in victory. You don't have to walk in what you once were. So my life before Christ was this, my life since coming to, this is how I came to Christ. And then my life after coming to Christ or since coming to Christ has been this. I'm not perfect, but I strive. I, I mess up, but now I have forgiveness. Now I have somebody I can go to and my sins are forgiven. So the other thing is, we don't have to walk in the previous ways we walked because we were delivered. We have been set free from this. So we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray. And I like this word, slaves to various passions and pleasures. If you look at it for a minute, people who are caught up in sin, it's not that they want to be vile people. It's that they are slaves to their own passions and pleasures. So I remember battling, um, battling alcoholism. And I don't know if I became a full-fledged alcoholic or not. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, um, 
I don't really like putting those kind of labels on people. So, um, anyways, when I was battling this, I was becoming, I was becoming a slave to that, that passion, that desire for another drink, another to, to, to get, to, to get the pain out or whatever reason I was turning to it for. And you could put anything in that place. People are slaves to their own desires, slaves to their own passions and pleasures. We've been delivered from that. If you're saved, you're delivered from that. That's that deliverance that comes into being. In other words, you don't have to walk in defeat. Did you have a messed up moment? Did you have a bad moment? Okay, what do you do about the bad moment? You go back and you ask Jesus Christ for forgiveness of that sin. The Holy Spirit brings that out to you and you ask for forgiveness. And Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. According to John, uh, 1 John 1, 9. When we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just and forgives us our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We don't have to walk in defeat. We don't have to walk in the old way of life. We're supposed to walk in victory. That's what salvation is all about. We're supposed to walk in victory. So this work in progress, this changing from the inside out, is kind of a metamorphosis, if you will. So I'm not a scientist. I, I know a little bit about science. I know some stuff. Do not get me talking quantum physics because you'll put me to sleep real quick. You will lose me real quick. Math and quantum physics are definitely not my strong suit. Um, we have a college professor up here at the college that he wears these really cool fedora type hats or pork pie type hats. And I like my hats too. I've got a, my wife asked me how many more do I need? I'm like never enough, which is the truth. Um, but I promise you, if I went to this man's class, as much as I like him, I'm going to pay more attention to his hat than I would his lecture. So math is not my strong suit. But anyways, looking at this. We don't have to be a slave to sin. We don't have to be a slave to our own desires that used to be part of our life. We were once that way, but God has saved us from that. He purchased us with a price, and that price was for the purpose of delivering us from our sins. Okay. Verse four, but when, but from the ESV, but when the godless, when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by right by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. We are regenerated and renewed when Jesus comes into our lives. That is part of that victory. That is part. That's why salvation isn't just a get out of hell free card. You're walking renewed. You're walking regenerated. You were once dead in your sins and now you're made alive in Christ. That's victory. And it should be cause for joy, not defeat. And why do I say this? Because there's been so many times that I, I live in defeat. So many days that I've wasted with my head cast down. And, and, and at times it's tempting. But that's not how God's calling me to live. So if I'm giving into that type of thinking, then I dare say I was, I'm sinning. If you're giving into that type of thinking, then I dare say that's a sin and you probably need to check that. And don't just take my word for it. Ask the Lord to show you whether that's sin or not. And if it is, do what you're supposed to do with it. Confess it. Turn from it. Rely on God's grace. Rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to start transforming you from the inside out. Much like my friend Chris, when he's making these beautiful pieces of art, how he puts this stuff in the oven and 
the heat changes this object from the inside out and it all of a sudden becomes this beautiful, glorious thing. That's a beautiful piece of art that he's been well known for. And I think, I don't know if he's the only artist on the planet that does that. I would dare say he's one of the very, very few. He's the only one that I know of that does it, but that, and again, I'm not, I'm not into art that much, but I was, I was really taken back by what I saw. So where am I going with this? Here's where I'm going with this. Give me one moment here. Um, here's where I'm going with this. There's times where we're walking in defeat and we don't need to be. Okay. We, we don't need to be walking in defeat at all. We're called to be victorious. We're called to walk in pureness of heart. We're called to walk in a close relationship with the Lord. So do you have sins in your life that are unconfessed? Here's what you do. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal. It is, but it's not. It's it, The process is simple. You ask the Lord for forgiveness of your sins. He's the only one that could truly forgive you anyway. He's the only one that can do anything with these sins anyway. You ask him and he will forgive you. And then you start walking in victory. You start realizing the Holy Spirit wants you to change. He wants you to have these victorious things in your life. You know, my pastor just um, on the Facebook live feed, I'm, I'm just now being able to see the comments. You know, he, he mentioned that, you know, God is the only one that uses, or you know, God's the only one that, 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 okay, I'm sorry. He was talking about my friend, Chris. Chris is the only one that uses that particular technique for the rendetto raffinado. And God's the only one that uses that kind of stuff too. So it's, it's, um, we have total transformation from the inside out victory through the Lord, just like this glass has had become from these broken pieces to this beautiful molded piece of art by its, by its maker. God does that with our lives. He takes the broken pieces of our lives, the sinful stuff that we used to have, and we walk in total victory through him. So my prayer for you tonight is that if you're struggling with those sins, God already knows you're dealing with that anyways. Speak with him about it. And you might be like, well, I don't pray very much. That's easy to fix. Just start praying. What is prayer? Prayer is you talking with God. You talk with any other human being. It's just talking with the Lord. Talk to him. He's a great counselor. He's a great listener. He's a great comforter. And he's a great, awesome, forgiving God. And he loves you. He loves you. And um, you have Bible-believing churches that are full of people that will love on you too. Pastors, leaders, all those folks love on you. So my prayer for you tonight is that you don't walk in defeat. You walk in victory. So I do want to take this time to thank you for listening. Thank you for your support on this um, on these podcasts, on these live feeds. So I do try to do one every week. And I know this was a little bit earlier than I normally do it, but it's, um, it's for a good reason. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. And maybe it's not something that you need to capitalize on, but you might have a friend going through something and you can share this with them. So if any of these podcasts bless you or you think could be a benefit to others, I encourage you to share them with other people. Um, I get nothing financially off of these at all. I'm not doing this for any kind of money. I'm doing this because the Lord has directed me to do this. So I encourage you to share this with others, and I hope this has been a blessing to you. So thank you for taking the time to listen tonight, and um, we'll end this with prayer, and then we'll be finished for tonight.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for passages like this that remind us that we don't have to walk in defeat. We don't have to walk downcast. Thank you that you really are working us from the inside out. We might not always see it, but we are different today than we were yesterday. And the closer we are with you, the more this life change happens. So, Father, I'm asking you to move mightily in people's lives. Move mightily in anybody who hears these, uh, these, these broadcasts or podcasts. Move mightily in people as they read your word, more importantly. We thank you for these things, and I ask your hand of blessing on all who hears this. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, thank you again for taking the time to listen tonight. And I, I really do appreciate your support, and I hope this has been a blessing to you. Um, wish each of you the very best, and we'll see you again real soon.